Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 129, A Badass Legacy for 2023. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. I am so excited for this because this topic of legacy has been on my mind for a couple of weeks, and I really thought it would be a perfect way to start off the new year. Now, I know that not everyone who listens to this will hear it right at the beginning of the year. Some people won't even discover this podcast for another entire year. But whenever it is that you are listening, you can totally apply this entire concept at any given time. So I want to share with you a little bit of background as to what happened right before I sat down to start putting this particular episode together. I pretty much have a set time to work on it so that I can just plan on it each week on the same day and same time. This is usually after my kids have gone to bed and I've had a chance to unwind. But this week was a bit different, being it was still Christmas break. Most of you probably know by now that Nick and I have five kids, and one of them has some major struggles with mental illness. We are not sure what triggered him to go into a delusion, but it pretty much took all of our mental awareness and capacity to navigate it for the next several hours. By the end of it, we were mentally, emotionally, and physically exhausted. I remember just plopping myself onto the bed, which I normally don't do considering how early it was, and just feeling wiped. Nick came to check on me and to see if I was okay. And then he asked if I knew what I was going to do the podcast on. I groaned and sighed in defeat and said, my stress is so high that I can't even access my brain right now. Nick paused for a second and then asked, well, what do you need to find your brain? I smiled. What a funny question. And what an amusing question. Nick had never asked me that question before, and my brain loved it. My body was instantly filled with a little burst of energy and practically leaped out of the bed by itself. My brain already had the answer of what it needed. My brain needed the highest stressful levels of cortisol to come down. Because when stress is high... It is very challenging to think clearly and to make good decisions. I knew that if I attempted to work on putting the podcast together when I was that stressed, that it would take 10 times as long and probably not turn out very well. Relaxation and unwinding would be key. So I grabbed a candle and a blanket and my youngest son and we watched some do-it-yourself videos on some unique home improvement projects. How fun! I could feel the cortisol lowering. 
I checked in with my brain to see if I could access some of my thinking. It still felt clouded. So we continued with our cuddle time and watched some more videos. Then my brain became very active and started thinking about the podcast with both excitement and clarity. Yes, that little bit of self-care was just what my brain needed. Now, I want to point out here that this level of awareness of what the brain is doing and being able to experience the cortisol levels actually lowering comes as you involve life coaching concepts into your life. Think about how this knowledge can help you and in your marriage and in multiple areas of your life. If there are some challenges that you and your spouse are facing in your relationship or even with intimacy, do not try to solve them when stress levels are super high. Your higher thinking abilities will be clouded by the cortisol and you will most likely say or do things that you later regret. Instead, put positive self-care practices into play and get access to your better problem-solving thinking skills. So now that my brain was in a good place and ready to get busy, I started remembering some of the details that I wanted to include in this episode. So let's dive in. At the beginning of each new year, we often hear a lot about New Year's resolutions and goals. Some of us really look forward to that process and love everything about it. It excites us and it motivates us. And the others of us, well, maybe not so much. But the concept of creating a badass legacy, now that seems like it might have a little more staying power. Now, to be a little cheeky, I'd like to support my use of the word ass in this particular episode with the simple reminder that the scriptures give us fabulous uses of this term. Like in Genesis, where we read of Abraham saddling up his ass, or Issachar being a strong ass in chapter 49. In Exodus, we read the Ten Commandments not to covet certain things, including your neighbor's ass. And on the seventh day, thine ass may rest. Job asks about the wild ass in the wilderness, and Peter brings it home with the ever-popular dumb ass. But this particular word often comes with negative connotations. Even when you put the word smart in front of it, like in smartass, it often still means something less than that. Well, today we are going to focus on the term badass and some of its more positive definitions. To be badass means of formidable strength or skill, someone who is impressive due to courage, skill, and toughness, someone who is assertive and independent, and someone who is awesome and worthy of admiration. So what do these definitions have to do with legacy and with our legacy? Well, the first thing we can do is take a few minutes to reflect on the past year. If our legacy had to be written tonight, what would it say? What would it say about us over the last year? 
Would it say that we were too frustrated with our kids? Would it say that we were too quick with critical comments? Would it say that we didn't hug or say I love you enough? What actions of ours would be written down as our legacy? Would we be happy or embarrassed by last year's actions? Well, I want to introduce you to a book I read several years ago called Living Forward by Michael Hyatt. And he talks quite a bit about the legacy we are currently creating, either on purpose or by default. As this relates to some of the major regrets that people have as they are close to death, we are faced with the question of what we are going to do about it while we have the time to still change it. Now, in his book, he has us look at a few of the big six legacy categories. So as I read through these, take a minute to think back on last year and how you would be remembered in these categories based on your behaviors and actions. What would be written about you when it comes to God? How about when it comes to your spouse? What legacy would be written about how you treated them? What would your children write about your relationship with them? How would they write about you and your parenting? Or how about your own parents? Would there be words of growth, effort, and respect? What about your colleagues, neighbors, and communities? What would they say about you? And finally, What would your friends write about the way that you engaged in their friendship? Just take a minute and really reflect on this past year and see if you like the things that would be written. I know that for myself, as I pondered on this, I felt a bit of sadness. I wanted one or two things to be different, and I wondered why I hadn't already made the effort to improve things last year. A few changes quickly came to my mind that I would want to make for the new year so that I could make the amends that matter most. So which of those categories mattered most to you last year? What would it look like if you were to put them in the order of priority based on where you spent your time and efforts last year? Would your legacy of time and efforts even fall into those specific categories? And if not, what categories are they falling into? And do you like those categories? And from a life coaching perspective, we know that thoughts are huge in how we live our lives and the results that we are having. So what category were most of your thoughts last year? Were they in the top six categories? Were they in the category of blame? How about your emotions? How might your thoughts and feelings show up in your legacy? Now that is a fabulous question. Now we all know what the word legacy means, but let's take just a little bit of a closer look at it. A legacy is defined as the long-lasting impact of particular events and actions that took place in the past of a person's life. 
something transmitted by or received from an ancestor, something carried over from an earlier time. And sometimes a legacy can be defined as a gift of property. But if we leave the actual monetary and property part out, what gifts are we leaving for the next generation? Gifts of compassion, service, good communication skills, and warm affection? Or are we leaving behind the not-so-beneficial gifts of holding a grudge, being condescending, talking trash behind people's back, and being uncooperative? As I was taking the time to go through this process myself, another one of those special scriptures came to my mind from Exodus 23, verse 5, which says, If thou see the ass of him that hateth thee lying under his burden— and wouldest forbear to help him, thou shalt surely help with him. Ooh, this really got me thinking about a situation from quite some time ago where things did not go according to plan. And boy, did I ever get the blame for it. Now, since I knew about life coaching principles, I asked if we could discuss the matter using an effective communication technique to help work through things. I was met with a total rejection of the idea and a side helping of criticism. We discussed things anyway without using any effective communication skills, which of course left things worse. I found out from firsthand experience that when someone doesn't use effective communication techniques, blame shows up in full force and totally unchecked. And then it runs wild. And they feel it gives them license to say mean things and to do mean things as if it is all justified. And what are the effects on the relationship? They are damaging. So I did some thought work at the time and found that I felt a lot of compassion for them since they did not know any better and that they were living a life with less skills. And that must be very frustrating for them. But as I was reviewing some of the concepts for this podcast episode, this particular situation started coming back to my mind and with some negative emotions still attached to it. I knew that there was probably something more that needed my attention. And so I decided to get back to doing some more thought work. As I was going through the process, I kept coming back to the concept of power especially when it comes to blame. See, the thing is, is that blamers don't realize that when they blame someone else for their challenges, they put the power in someone else's hands to solve it. That usually seems like a good resolution in the moment because it's easy to assign blame to someone else and then tell them to do all the work of fixing it so that your life can be easier and better. Yes, blame is the easy way out, and it's also the far less mature and far less effective way. Even three-year-olds know how to blame. If we are grown adults using three-year-old tactics in hopes to keep relationships healthy and strong, boy, are we going to be in trouble. Let's think about blame for a minute. Blame is when we assign responsibility to someone for something we think that has gone wrong, 
and we usually assign it to somebody else. Blame means to find fault and literally means we take our time and energy and efforts to look for the faults of another person. Wow, is that what we really want to be spending our time doing? Blame is to think that a person is responsible for something bad that happened or for something that failed. It's to assign the cause of something that needs to be set right. Blamers don't want to fix things for themselves. They don't want to take responsibility. They want to remain in the world with a certain degree of ignorance. Because not blaming others and taking full responsibility for every aspect of their lives, including their thoughts and feelings and reactions, is just far too much work. And then what if they actually did try to put in all that work and it wasn't effective? Then it would have been a waste and their life not turn out any better. This is also sad. And there is often a feeling of helplessness and powerlessness that they can't even make their own life better. So as I continued to think about blame, the life coaching principle of it kept coming to my mind that when you blame, you give your power away. I stopped and pondered on this for a bit. And whoa, just wait a minute. If someone else blames me, they are giving their power away to me. Well, that must mean I'm pretty powerful and that I have a strong effect in their lives. For me and for this particular situation, this felt very new and intriguing and enlivening, actually. My thoughts immediately went to good thoughts. Thoughts like, I wonder what kind of positive impact I could have on their lives today. I wonder what kind of things I could do that would bring just a little bit of joy or happiness to them this week. Now, while I do think our thoughts could easily go to the negative ones too, about having power in someone's life, especially if they have been blaming us for things, we have to remember that those are toddler tactics and that we need to rise above that. And how about when it comes to our legacy? Is blame showing up in our legacy Are we still blaming years later after something has happened? Will our children and our grandchildren see words of blame written in our journals and woven throughout our stories? Is that really the legacy that we want to pass down? Blame is quick and easy. And if we don't consciously and purposefully choose not to blame, we will be teaching future generations to do it as well. And since blame is giving our power away, we will be teaching our children and our grandchildren to give their power away and to view themselves as victims, helpless and unable to make the changes they want in their own lives. What a depressing and slippery slope that is. Now I bring in the topic of blame because it really is one of the biggest traps that marriages fall into. If the wife is not in the mood to be intimate, she may blame her busyness, her tiredness, or her husband. 
If the husband is not having sex as much as he desires, he will also blame his wife. Blame is what the natural man does, and it's totally human to do so. But that doesn't mean it's effective or beneficial. We have to rise above that. If we don't put it in check, the trap of blame will just get harder and harder to get out of with each passing year of the relationship. So if you really want a better marriage, stop the blame. Like right now. So what are we to do? Well, let's look at it from a legacy point of view. First, ask yourself this question. For the year 2023, what do I want my badass legacy to be? Look to the big six for inspiration and then order them in the order that you want with the highest priority first. What is your top priority when it comes to leaving behind an incredible legacy? Will it be your marriage? Your relationship with your kids or your parents? If you notice, all of the big six categories have to do with relationships. So I would say that building relationship skills is extremely important in life, especially for leaving behind a legacy that's valuable. Then when you've put them in the correct order, focus on your top two for this year with total badassery so that they will become legendary. And finally, make a promise to yourself and to your future posterity that you will no longer live your life in blame, but in power. If you are over 18 years old, then you are legally an adult, fully accountable and legally responsible for every aspect of your life. We need to make sure we are actually living in the land of full, mature adulthood. And if you are over 30 and you are still using blaming words when you tell stories of the past, it is now time. And this is the year for you to get the help you need to actually work through it with effectiveness. It's time to pack up the baggage in a healthy and effective way so that it's not weighing down your current life experiences. If you are still speaking critically about what your parents didn't do right when you were a teenager, or what the sixth grade bully said, or the bad grade that one mean teacher gave you, or that one time your spouse did that one awful thing, or how the government owes you some money, this is your sign that it is now time to get the help you need to heal. Go to a therapist, a counselor, a bishop, and yes, a life coach, and do the work to get through it. Learn to grow through what you go through. If you are still bringing it up, there is still work to do. Now, if you're not quite sure how to not live in blame, practice the following simple mantra throughout this year. Leave blame behind and up-level your mind. Practice saying that over and over this year, even daily if needs be. So go be a total badass this year by not blaming anyone for anything. You are better than that. Feel the power that comes from that. Because remember, the more you restore this type of intimacy with yourself, 
the more you restore it with your spouse. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you will join us again next week.